What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brent McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. I host conversations like this on this show. Appreciate you coming by to listen to what we have to talk about. I got Kate from The Juice team. I've been running the circuit, getting everybody from our team on this show to talk a little bit about their function and what they're learning from their internal and external stakeholders. Kate is going to talk to us about what she's hearing from marketers. We talk a lot about the content and ROI of it all. She's going to provide some really good feedback, so make sure you tune in. Also want to promote, it's what I do, I promote a new event we are hosting. It's called How to Answer What's the ROI of our content marketing program? This is going to be on March 9th at 1 o'clock. Amazing group of content leaders with a ton of experience. I'm joined by Amrita from Superside, Thomas from Storyblock, Sangram, you all know him. Go to Market Partners, and Nate from 10Speed. I'm pumped about this event. There'll be a link in the show notes. Make sure you sign up. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. What's up, everyone? Uh, we're coming straight off of a sales and marketing one-on-one, talking about all the fun stuff between our functions. And I don't know, we do this every week. I feel like we've gotten more formal than we have been. We actually have a document. We're not just saying things and hoping that they get done. I want to shout out Kate for formalizing that process, but also um, I will uh, tattle on her a little bit, forgetting to fill out her section <laughs> of it today. Um, but anyways, we're going to be talking about just like sales, some of the conversations that she's having with marketers and just continue that conversation. We um, had Chris on, on the product side two weeks ago. Go listen to that. If you want to learn more about what we're building, we had Kat on to talk customers and only fitting to have Kate on this week to talk about future customers and things that she's hearing. I just said a lot. Kate, how are you feeling? I'm fantastic. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for outing me on my one-on-one failure. <laughs> That's what, but I feel like most of the time it's, you know, historically, I don't know how you feel, but feels like, you know, sales is always in the back room kind of talking smack about what marketing is not doing for them. We so it was, it was my one opportunity to do that. No, I'm more than fair. <laughs> Maybe start, talk, talk a little bit about that, just like sales and marketing, like your relationship from a sales perspective. Oh. I know mostly marketers listening, but just like for you, like what is good collaboration? Like, what are you looking for in the partnership? And then we'll get into the the selling and all of that stuff on the other side. Yeah, I could talk about this for forever. I think I, I think generally having the same goal you're orienting around is really all that's necessary for there to be the right type of collaboration and relationship. And, and not just the same goal, but like the understanding of ownership on the path to get there. So just like taking from our one-on-one and not getting too in the weeds on it, but like you and I've got the same goals this quarter and we know who's responsible for what piece of that and, and how we put those pieces together to get there. And that's all that's needed. I think there's also the, we have the luxury of being in a smaller team where it's a lot easier to collaborate and not over process and engineer everything to death. And um, that gets harder as you go. I have a lot of conversations with marketers uh, more so than sales people today, but where 
there is, it's a struggle. And I, I tend to be on the side of the marketer more often than not, honestly, because I think salespeople can be sort of difficult, L- love, love them, all of them. But, you know, it, we, we have high expectations and we have to deliver on high numbers and our roles are very black and white and measurable. And so it's easy, I think, to just, um, to expect, uh, expect a lot and to have it be harder to, to get that delivered. And then also just the communication's hard too. So I think a lot of marketing teams are really trying to get the right tools and, and leads and all those things, start the right conversations for sales. And just it's, it can be tough to be on the same page, I think, as um, organizations get bigger too. So. so we've talked about on this show that we had a uh, solid quarter last quarter after coming off of a not so solid quarter. And then that brings us to our new quarter. And it's like expectations are always higher than ever. It's the life of operating in a growing SaaS business. But one thing I've heard you say a lot is just like support and aligning goals around support. And I know we were goal setting. And one of the things that I found interesting, and maybe you can just speak to this and any sales and marketing pro who's looking to collaborate and better align, probably just give them some thought starters. But instead of like pipeline this quarter, we like decided on meetings, which I think might be like controversial from like a, a sales and marketing perspective where sales is saying, well, you're just going to send me a bunch of meetings that, you know, might not contribute to pipeline, but I'd love to maybe get, you were kind of the one that drove that internally, maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Part of that comes from just a sales data perspective where we know historically and are starting to have this kind of repeatable process where we know what our sales cycle length looks like and it's consistent. It's not up and down as it is sometimes when you're still looking for a product market fit and some of those early kind of things. And our ACV is pretty consistent and we know what that growth opportunity looks like. And so it's just easier to kind of back into exactly what we need to always hit bigger goals. Like you said, I mean, it's never, you know, once you hit it, it's, it's not high enough anymore and you have to raise the bar, which is the fun of this and what we're here to do. But also, I just, I think that just hard work is what makes this possible and happen for all of us. Like there's no magic bullet or magic formula to make it work other than just putting your head down and getting it done. And so part of it's just for me, like just make me busy. I don't care. I don't care if I'm talking to the right or wrong person. I mean, really at the end of the day, Uh, we have a lot of our markets, the right fit, because if you're creating marketing content, there's a really good chance that it will find a great audience on the juice. So there's just so much opportunity there. I'd rather be having five meetings a day and just so busy. I I can barely come up for air than the opposite. And and meetings is what what does that. And then let me sort out the rest is kind of how I feel about it right now. So meetings, and you've talked to a lot of marketers, and I want to get into some of those, like the conversations and what you're hearing, but it's people who are listening to the show so often, it's what we're sharing comes from the marketer's perspective. We curate marketers to come on the show. They talk about their what they're doing, trials, tribulations, success stories, but I don't think too often we get to hear it from a salesperson's perspective. Like, what are you hearing about marketers now? Like, what's going on? So I'd love maybe like for you to like kind of highlight like, What's changed kind of maybe in the last six months that we we've beat it like a dead horse, the undeniable changes, all the budget cuts and all that stuff. But maybe talk a little bit about 
since that, like what's changed in the tone and just like tenor of your conversations? Yeah, I think it's interesting that the juice has almost become easier to sell in throughout this kind of shift and all these things that are going on in tech and SaaS and environmentally. And I think it's because marketing teams are being tasked with doing doing more with less budget and less people on their team. And so I think that's really what the theme has been is, you know, of course, it's a matter of ROI measurement and and really digging in and looking at your tech stack and understanding what kind of tools you have and what actually makes a difference. And I think that, uh, and what makes a difference. And then also thinking about just the, what's manual and what's not and how many, how many hands you have to do what it is you need to do because goals are bigger. Goals are bigger for everyone. It doesn't matter if team size is smaller or budgets less. Now we, we have to kind of cover for maybe those shifts in the economy and things that we're managing. So it's then finding that sweet spot and what, what really does truly make a difference from a marketing uh, kind of tactical and strategy perspective versus what is just maybe more habitual to invest in that. Like I can get this approved because everybody knows that we buy ads on, you know, whatever it is. And so it's just kind of like, that shift of understanding, but the ease of it for me has just been, I think that the juice is a channel that just works for you on your behalf behind the scenes. And so the fact that it can be so impactful without needing to push any buttons, I think is really valuable right now. So with content marketing specifically, I think about things that I've heard, it's just like trying to find ROI, trying to take what we already have and repurpose it. Um, those like two things like distribution, obviously those three things have kind of been front of mind during my conversations with other marketers. Is that consistent with conversations you're having, especially in this environment where maybe there's less people, less resources to get shit done? hundred percent. And it's like a, you know, a question I get a lot is what if we don't publish even every week? Like, what if we can barely get something out the door once a month? Because I'm, maybe I'm the sole marketer for my team and I'm responsible for the content program. And also, by the way, everything else. And maybe I'm also like an account manager on the side, or maybe I work for a bigger team even, uh, but still resources are less and we're doubling up on responsibility or whatever it is. I think a big theme is also thinking about how to take content further that you've already created and invested in. It's so interesting that we're so we think so much about the new and the next thing. And we put so much effort into launching these content pieces. I mean, we put so much effort into launching just a podcast episode and a blog, you know, and let alone these huge core content pieces. And I think it's so funny after a relatively short period of time, they, it kind of goes by the wayside and you start looking at the next big thing. So it, I think it, it really is a matter of how do we continue to do that, but pay dividends on the content that we've already created. And that's been one of the themes that I've been finding to really work right now too, as far as the juice goes, is just that like, let us continue to find an audience for you, for your content that's just sitting there, not getting attention. Don't, I mean, publish things new as you can, but there's a lot of content that you've already created that really matters and we can help get that in front of the right people. And that is really helpful right now. I think we've talked about the goals. We've talked about like alignment and how 
we're all trying to support you to get more of the right conversations. And before we hopped on during our one-on-one, I was basically shared that like, man, like this is really tough. Like it's a roller coaster. Like a lot of people that, you know, don't respond. And then you finally get one and you get really excited. And my question to you was, and I felt like it was appropriate for maybe this conversation was like, how do you do this? How, like, how do you do this? And you, <laughs> you said something like that, like you like to solve business problems. You like to make friends. So maybe just like from a, a sales perspective, I thought that was unique. Maybe expand a little bit on that for the fine people listening to the show. And then in that spirit, I'd love to know from you, like what's resonating most about what we do with marketers during those conversations. Yeah. So I think for me, I've been doing this a long time and actually I was just asked to submit like a, a short, like what would my sales advice be to um, one of our customers, Spiff, Tamali over there, shout out Tamali. Um, and it was just basically like, put your head down and do the work and that kind of thing. But really also, I think what I, what keeps me, why I love doing this so much is just, I'm not, I don't approach sales in a way that's anything other than like, is this actually a good fit? Like, what are your problems and how can we solve them if we can? And let's figure that out. And uh, I'm not afraid to hear no from someone. If it's not a good fit, like that's okay. It probably will be later, quite honestly, or you'll be somewhere, you'll, you know, work somewhere else later and it'll be a good fit there, whatever it is. So I never approach this in like, I think salespeople can get in this sort of frantic or panicked state of mind where you're, where you're trying to force it so, so much. Uh, and sell when it's not a good fit. And that creates just a host of other problems. So, you know, I just um, have learned not to think that way over time a little bit. And I really do just enjoy FaceTime with people and in, in digging into solving business puzzles and trying to see if we have a solution that can help. And I think that today, the fact that people are so pressed again for resources and and support and the fact that I, I think we really can help. I mean, the only time that we aren't a good fit for someone today, and I just had a conversation like this this morning, and I was telling you this when we jumped on earlier. If you, you know, if you, if your software sells to accountants, let's for example, your business has an accountant audience or finance audience, we're probably not your best fit right now, and that's okay. And I'm not going to waste your time, and let's just be friends and part ways, and all is good. But you know. Uh, anybody that has a, a marketer or a salesperson or uh, a revenue team member in mind, I think we really can help. And that confidence also really helps those conversations. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've always, it's, I've always just thought it was fun. And I also think marketers are fascinating. And I think what you do is just fun to talk about. It is fun to talk about, especially when it's working and talk about something fun to talk about. This will segue to my next question. And I just think it's topical, but we're doing an event uh, on March 9th, how to answer what's the ROI of your content program. This is a theme for us as we get ready to launch Smarter Distribution. I'm curious on the content ROI front, we've been really focused on hitting this message and we'll continue to hit it because we think it's important. Like how how is that going in your conversations? Like what's resonating? Like are marketers now trying to figure out how to 
kind of quantify all of the content that they're doing and match that with pipeline, like any light you can shed on it from a sales perspective? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think there's like two camps and one camp is, let me just solve this uncertainty and problems internally by like, let's just produce more. And by produce more, I mean, like, let's just provide longer lists of emails to our sales team. Like in a, in a, in a place of economic uncertainty, let's not be found guilty of not giving our sales team stuff to do. And I always, I, I think there's a time and a place for that strategy. And as someone who just said five minutes ago, like, make me as busy as possible, please. Like, but do it in the right way. I think like we do that with our brand. We do that with our content. I think it's then the other camp is where we know that if we can diversify what we're doing and not lean entirely into gated content pieces that provide lists of emails, like that's important. I get that there's channels for that. There's also channels where let's get that incremental interest for our brand out of uh and, and form an audience where maybe someone's not going to fill out our form or incremental brand interest. Um, and that's where I think the healthiness is. Like I think, and I, and I have more of those conversations than anything else, which is the realization like, okay, I can keep doing what I'm doing over here. That's maybe a little bit more manual and making sure that you know, my sales team has this angle to follow where you're just providing those leads. And then on the other side of the fence, you've got a channel like the juice, which is working for you behind the scenes and still providing your sales team with net new leads and, and really interesting uh, interests and engagements that maybe are a little bit further down the funnel already uh, when they come in. So I think it's just... I think if that's it's the diversification that makes a, bit, a, a difference, but there are definitely still those conversations I have where someone has complete blinders on and, and all that matters is that volume list that they deliver at the end of the day. And I think ultimately that that comes down from above them. I think everyone given the, the choice would rather be a little bit more creative and diversified than that. Absolutely. Let's close it out here. I'm, I'm curious, has there been anything um, that you've learned from marketers that you didn't already know over the last kind of six months or so anything in particular stand out? Ooh, I would say that I think being able to measure content effectiveness in a different way is a really new idea. I think that there is a detachment sometimes between someone who is responsible for content at an organization and then someone who's responsible for demand gen at an organization. And they speak two different languages in some cases. And I think those dots don't always connect in how one leads to the other or how content actually grows your revenue and supports your business directly. Because I think things like blogs and podcasts are often thought of as, as just brand uh, tactics overall, and and you can connect those dots. And so I think that realizing that there is that sort of I'm trying to think of a good word that's not like divide, but there's a there's a disconnect sometimes there. I think between how content helps grow a business and to develop those conversations 
a little bit more recently. It's been really fun. I hope you all enjoyed this uh, little uh, extended play um, from Kate and my one-on-one. Um, next week, I will not be filling out the document. And so we're just going to draft off of what Kate uh, wants right. to talk about. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll record a podcast episode too. Kate, thanks so much for sharing what's going on in your world. Look forward to more of these. Thanks, Brett. You caught Kate and I right after a one-on-one. The wheels were greased. We were ready to roll. Hopefully you learned something from this episode and make sure you sign up for that event on March 9th. Link is in the show notes. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. More Modern Day Marketer on the other side.